0: Except John and Jim's invitation to join them as they once again ask each other, what do you think about? Hey, Jimmy, what do you think about
1: angels? That all depends. Are you talking cute, chubby little cherubs flitting around on tiny wings or real honest to goodness, biblical style angels? Because depending on the variety, I have differing thoughts. Those chubby little fluttering bastards scare the living shit out of me. Come to think of it, once we get into the biblical descriptions, uh, they scare the shit out of me, too. Yeah, I mean, they really do if you listen to them. Yeah. Since this sounds like it's going to be a religion related topic, let's just say right here and now we're not espousing a belief in a specific denomination, nor are we pushing a heretical agenda. We're just going to be presenting facts, either as we found them or after distorting them to fit our needs at the moment. Just messing with you. We won't alter the information.
0: Yeah, but it's by its very nature. Uh, this particular podcast is going to refer to various religious texts to present the topic as thoroughly as we can.
1: Amen.
0: Angels are a very interesting subject and are a very popular supernatural being in pop culture. They're also a subject that I can honestly say I've probably neglected due to my interest in other weird things, right? But they really do deserve an entire field of study to themselves. And in fact, they do have an entire field of study dedicated to them. It's called, strangely enough, angelology. It's one of 10 doctrinal study areas in most theology programs. It seems to be one of the less popular ones, though, because while there are many references to angels, they are always in relation to other more important events, and none of the scriptures seem to elaborate on firm details regarding angels. So as an area of active study, it's it's a bit stagnant. But if you consider for a moment that God created beings other than humans in a different realm than ours, then it's clear that angels become worthy of study.
1: The subject is definitely interesting and uh, informative once you get into all of the separate choirs and descriptions of different types of angels, Judeo-Christian angels, that is, because uh, that's all that I'm really familiar with. Presumably Islamic angels fall into that group too, I guess. So probably I should say Abrahamic angels rather than Judeo-Christians. But there's definitely a lot more to them than was covered in my Sunday school classes.:
0: Yeah, Jimmy, did you know angels are among the oldest cryptids that are known to mankind? Uh, can we even call them cryptids?
1: I can say I never thought of them as cryptids per se, though I can see where they could fall into that category. however i I'd, I'd think that would depend on how one views angelic beings if you regard them as divine or heavenly beings of a religious nature, then I don't think I'd agree with labeling them as cryptids that they'd just be a a religious, uh, not deity, because they aren't deities, but some, a a religious being. Uh, Does that make any sense?
0: I guess it can, you know, if you're, if you're comfortable with what you're saying, then that's cool. I still think of them as cryptids because I think they are created beings. They're created creatures just like us. But do you have any idea how old they are?
1: I don't want to steal any of your thunder, but their age is debatable based upon various scriptures found in the Old Testament. Long story short, no one really knows, but we can say they've been around a long, long time. Angels
0: are definitely referenced by all the Abrahamic religions, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam. In their spiritual documents and as part of their religious traditions we're going to use the general term angel to refer to the spiritual beings created by god that in judaism are commonly called messengers of the lord and in islam are called messengers in fact belief in angels is one of the six articles of faith for muslims so jim what do we know about angels
1: abrahamic religions agree they were created by god to be his tools they do tasks assigned to them by God. Angels are messengers, as you mentioned. Seraphim are said to stand around the throne of God, praising and adoring him. How do you get that job? Cherubim are assigned various tasks, one of which was guarding the Garden of Eden against the return of Adam and Eve or their offspring.
0: And we also know that they were created by God prior to the creation of the world, since there are many references to angels being present at the creation of man. It's also the case that God didn't create one or two angels. He created so many that they are practically uncountable. There are several verses that describe thousands and thousands and thousands of angels. What is interesting, though, is they are not described as being created, quote, in the image of God, end quote, as Adam was. We were created after the angels, so presumably God needed angels prior to creating man. For what purpose, though? It seems unclear.
1: We really don't know that they were created prior to the creation. Dig these conflicting biblical verses. Genesis 2.1 says, Thus the heavens and the earth were finished, and all the host of them. So this verse seems to imply that the angels were created at the same time as the stars, the earth, the fish, the fowl, and mankind. Because... They all were finished at the same time, but as it often does, the Bible then contradicts itself concerning the creation of angels. In Job 38, 1 through 7, we see the Lord answered Job out of the whirlwind and said, who is this that darkeneth counsel by words without knowledge? Gird up now thy loins like a man, for I would demand of thee and answer thou me. Where wast thou when I laid the foundations of earth? Declare, if thou hast understanding. Who hath laid the measures thereof, if thou knowest? Or who hath stretched the line upon it? Whereupon the foundations therefore fastened? Or who laid the cornerstone thereof? When the morning stars sang together, all of the sons of God shouted for joy. These verses seem to imply that angels, i.e. the sons of God, were in existence prior to the laying of the foundations of the earth. So that would bolster your argument that they're created prior. We know that angels did exist at the time of the expulsion from the Garden of Eden. Genesis 3.24 states, So he drove out man, and he placed at the east of the Garden of Eden cherubim and a flaming sword which turned every way to keep the way of the tree of life. I mean, I guess technically God could have popped the angelic host into being and immediately thereafter set about the task of building the universe and its contents. But Genesis one, one states in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, which seems to imply that nothing except God himself existed before the heaven and the earth. So, you know, what does it all mean? I don't know. I'm not a theologian, just some guy who likes to study up on stuff. And uh, I can only point out the deficiencies here without adding a conclusion or a solution. Sorry.
0: Yeah, but I think you're right, though, in that the the sequencing might be a little vague. I'm not saying it's wrong, but it, it's certainly vague enough that you could say maybe they were created first or in addition to at the same time. But I don't think you can claim man was created first. No. Right, because the the Garden of Eden story seems to imply that the angels already existed.
1: Yeah, I I uh at 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 the worst, those verses seem to imply that maybe it was all simultaneous, you know. I would think that they, I don't know. It's just there has to be a sequence, right? If they weren't in existence before, you would think they would have been, you know, day one he did this, day two did this, day three did this, you know, none of those days say Created the angels. Nope. So they, but maybe they were created at the same time as the stars and all. I don't know. I don't know.
0: Clearly, they're just as old as as humans.
1: At least. Yeah.
0: And it also, there's an implication here in this conversation, right? Angels are a distinct entity from man, they're a different thing. Men cannot become an angel, and an angel is not a man.
1: That I can buy into. Beachy dubs, John. Did you know that there are separate kinds of angels? The Bible refers to four types, maybe even a fifth. The cherubim, which I've already mentioned, uh, these are angelic beings whose role seems to be the worship and praise of God. They also serve as guardians of the Garden of Eden, as I said. And in Ezekiel chapter 1, they're described as having four faces, a human face, that of an ox, That of a lion, and then the face of an eagle. They have four wings, not just the two that we always think of sprouting from the shoulder blades. They're also on fire and they have four wheels or rings encircling them, and the rings are covered with eyes. And oh, that gets freaky.
0: That's a very scary image, right? If you start, right? Yeah. If you try to envision that in your mind, that would be terrifying.
1: Right cherubim are mentioned 91 times in the hebrew bible
0: you know this does not match the image i had in my mind of a cherub i mean i've always seen little fat babies with wings that you mentioned at the episode's outset
1: yeah i mean they're definitely not four-faced four-winged fire beings yeah man What we call the cherub or the little Cupid or whatever is actually correctly labeled as a puto. Originally, these were used in Renaissance artwork to represent a passion of some sort. And then when the Baroque period rolled around, they began to symbolize God's involvement in the scene being depicted. But to continue and get us back on track... Those which are supposed to be the highest order of angels, the seraphim, they only get one mention in the Bible. In Isaiah chapter 6, above it stood the seraphim. Each one had six wings. With twain, he covered his face. And with twain, he covered his feet. And with twain, he did fly. Uh, Twain means two. Right. Like in that famous angel, Mark Twain. And uh, thanks for the interruption oh oh you're you're most welcome, and then there are the archangels and last plain old run of the mill angel angels. I did say that there may be five types. the last one is a generic living creatures. maybe these are just regular old angels, you know, rather than a fifth separate entity uh in Ezekiel one five we learn. Also, out of the midst thereof came the likeness of four living creatures, and this was their appearance. They had the likeness of a man. These are definitely some type of heavenly being, so we can assume they're probably some sort of angel. Depending on religious tradition, there are other classifications of angels, depending on the role of the angel. But there seems to be no consensus on what their name so. We're not going to go down that rabbit hole. But after listening to this, if you want to Google celestial hierarchy, you can check out all those entries. In the end, Judaism, Christianity, and Islam all seem to agree regarding the existence of seraphim, cherubim, and angels and archangels. So we'll stick to these.
0: Well, we talked about what the cherubim and seraphim look like. Many faces, many wings, many eyes, wheels on fire, all kinds of scary stuff, uh, but we didn't talk about what the rest of the Angelo coast looks like
1: right i don't I don't think that they're described in any detail anywhere, are they
0: no, they're not, but I think we can infer their appearance uh, do you know what they must look like?
1: Not really, I just guess regular dudes, uh like the living beings I mentioned.
0: In uh, Hebrews chapter one, verse 14, they're described as, quote, ministering spirits without a physical body. But they also, too, seem to have the ability to appear to people if they need to. But when they do that, they must look like people because there are a ton of scriptural references to angels interacting with people. And people aren't frightened out of their minds at the appearance of these angels. That's true. yep. Yeah. In fact, if you read the story of Sodom and Gomorrah. who my favorite. Genesis chapter 18 and 19, you'll see that people can't tell the two visitors are in fact angels. Lot, he invites these guys into his home and begs them to stay inside. And after the evening meal, a mob gathers outside of Lot's home, shouting words to the effect of, bring out those men so we can rape them.
1: God, how many times have you said that?
0: Oh, exactly zero. So clearly they thought they were men and not angels.
1: Did you know? In that same story, Lot offers up his virgin daughters as a uh, substitute for the two men, but the the rabble refuses him. They want to know the new strangers. And then the mob threatened to do worse to him than they intended to do to the strangers if he didn't send them out.
0: Yeah, I did know that. I, uh, I just didn't think it was relevant to this discussion.
1: Perhaps it shows the goodwill of angels for one of them reached out of the door and pulled Lot back into the safety of his home. It also goes on to show that these beings have magical powers, stating, and they, the strangers, smote the men that were at the door of the house with blindness, both small and great, so that they wearied themselves to find the door.
0: Well, it's probably a good thing because uh, they were a ravenous mob.
1: Yeah, a little rapey.
0: Yeah, yeah. Um, But we also know some other truths regarding angels. They're ageless. While they were not present prior to creation like God was, they do not age and die. Luke chapter 20, verse 36 confirms this. And we can also infer that angels are spirits by logic, and demons are fallen angels. When Jesus performed exorcisms, he, quote, cast out the spirits with his word. Physical beings cannot inhabit the body of another physical being, so they must be spirits.
1: They do a lot of weird stuff, too. For example, they wrestle people. Yeah, I like the story. In Genesis 32, Jacob, on his return to Canaan, spends a night alone, having sent his two wives, his two women servants, and his 11 sons on ahead. And he ends up wrestling a man in the night. And boy, I can't tell you how many times I have spent the night wrestling men and bears and otters. Anyway, Jacob ends up wrestling this man until the break of day. And Jacob was stronger. So the man he was wrestling touched the hollow of his thigh and the hollow of Jacob's thigh was then cast down the joint. So he popped out his hip by touching him. Right, yeah. And then this strange wrestler said, "You got to let me go before the sun comes up." Kind of like the old fairy stories, you know, where trolls had to be in before the sun came up. And Jacob said, "No way, man, not until you bless me." And then the, the wrestler agreed to uh bless him, and that was that's the story. I mean, what a weird thing.
0: Yeah. He gave him the name Israel at that point, right?
1: Right, yes, yes.
0: But the best part is is Jacob never really pops his hip back in if you keep reading, he gets lame.
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, maybe he should ask for healing instead of a blessing. Hosea twelve four also mentions this incident, naming Jacob's opponent in this match as a malach, or an angel. They perform jailbreaks all the time in the book of Acts for various apostles that have been jailed and lastly in acts also they act as god's hitmen oh they did that in the old testament remember killed pharaoh's kids so yeah they they're
0: they're weird um continuing on though did you know that there are nearly 300 references to angels in the king james version of the bible
1: i did not prior to prep for this episode
0: yeah and jesus only has 1,500, well, let's call it 1,600 because it's 1,599, quoted verses in the New Testament. Some of those are duplicates because some of the Gospels duplicate the events. So it becomes clear that angels play a significant role.
1: Did you know that Jesus referenced angels directly in 30 verses?
0: Yes, I did. Um, Depending on the translation and the edition of the Bible, it ranges from 27 to 33, so we can safely say 30 is an average.
1: Also, the prophet Muhammad had a conversation with the angel Jibril, which is Gabriel in English. This became his first divine revelation, and the revelations revealed by the angel became the basis for the Quran.
0: Now, a similar thing seems to have formed the foundation of Mormonism. Joseph Smith was visited by an angel named Moroni, who ministered for him for four years, and directed him where to find the golden tablets, which became the Book of Mormon. And this raises an interesting point. You know, it's very clear that angels can interact with people if they choose to.
1: Sure. Uh, Most Christians know that the angel Gabriel appeared to the Virgin Mary to tell her that God was going to make her the mother of Jesus. An angel also appeared to Joseph to convince him not to divorce the impregnated Mary. But this one's name isn't given.
0: Yeah, well, there are other references to Gabriel appearing and delivering messages, too. Um, He heralded the birth of John the Baptist to Zacharias and his wife, Elizabeth. That's in Luke chapter one, verses 10 through 20.
1: Well, that makes sense. He would be involved there because uh, John was Jesus's cousin. He's
0: also mentioned in canonical biblical texts like the book of Daniel and the book of Ezekiel. And as far as non-canonical texts, he's mentioned in the book of Enoch too, which is a different book that's interesting in its own right.
1: Yeah, I got to read that. It's, It's on my list. I just haven't gotten around to it. Did you know that according to Jewish tradition, Gabriel stands at God's left hand? And do you know who stands at his right hand? I thought it was Jesus. Nope. It's the archangel Michael.
0: Are you sure? There are over a hundred references in the New Testament saying that Jesus
1: sits at the right hand of God. Michael is standing, not sitting. Yeah, I guess.
0: But I think it's important, too, to recognize that it's the Jewish tradition that says Michael and Gabriel stand at God's right and left hands. Uh, They'd have no reason to mention Jesus. Right. Yeah. Uh, You said Michael was an archangel. So it appears that there's some sort of hierarchy to
1: the angelic host. Hell yeah, there is. I done told the listeners to Google celestial hierarchy after the show. An interesting side note is that while all Christian branches agree that Michael is an archangel. You Catholics believe that there are at least three archangels, Michael, Gabriel, and then the third named Raphael, who's mentioned in the book of Tobit, chapter 12, verse 15, I think it is.
0: Yeah, I think maybe we should take a little side trip through history here. Uh, Tobit is a book from the Apocrypha. The Apocrypha is a selection of books that were published in the original 1611 edition of the King James Bible. Catholic Bibles still include seven books from the Apocrypha in the Old Testament, while more recent versions of the King James Bible removed these in 1885. There really isn't a clear reason why these books were removed.
1: Look, we uh, Protestants decided it was already a big, thick book and needed some slimming down.
0: Well, anyway, generally, Everyone agrees, though, that Michael and Gabriel are the names of two of the angels. Judaism and Islam both include the angel of death, Azrael, who is described as having four faces, 4,000 wings, 70,000 feet. His entire body is made of eyes and tongues, the number of which is the same as the number of men inhabiting the earth. And there are other given names for angels as well. But. Since they each seem to be particular to a particular faith, kind of like the hierarchy of the celestial host, we won't go into them. If you're curious, you can do a quick Google for names of
1: the angels. John, you left one out, and he's a big one. We can discuss this particular angel after the break. As I was saying, John, you left one out, one of the biggest of all, Satan a.k.a. Lucifer, a.k.a. the devil.
0: Yeah, it's interesting, too, how Lucifer's name changed over time.
1: Satan was a name given to him after the fall of the angels. The original Hebrew word Satan translates into English as adversary or accuser. And contrary to popular belief, there's no scriptural reference connecting Satan to the serpent in the Garden of Eden. That connection came much later in history, around 300 AD, they think.
0: Yeah, but there are, though, several references in the Old and New Testaments to Satan as being the proper name of the devil. Job chapter 1, Zechariah chapter 3, Matthew chapter 4, Mark chapter 1, all refer to the devil's name being satan but there is an interesting point though to be touched on here uh what's that the entire notion of fallen angels that is to say angels that chose not to follow god's law this seems to imply that angels have free will much like men do right yeah and these angels led by satan were cast out for their disobedience but actually it's rather unclear what exactly led to the angels being cast out but that they were cast out And led by satan is referenced in luke chapter 10 and in matthew chapter 25 matthew mark and luke are all clear on the fact that the leader of the fallen angels is satan and the book of revelations in chapter 12 verses 7 through 9 describes a war in heaven fought between michael and satan which results in satan and his angels being cast out but the reason for
1: this war is not given I always thought that the reason was Satan's attempt to regain heaven and overthrow God after his first attempt failed. That first attempt is thought to be referenced in Isaiah 14, 12 through 15. How thou art fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning. How thou art cut down to the ground, which didst weaken the nations. For thou hast said in thine heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit upon the Mount of the congregation in the sides of the North. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high yet thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit.
0: Well, that seems to say that he got his, uh, his britches were getting a little big,
1: right? Yeah. And, Another passage thought to be a reference to Satan's original rebellion against God is in Ezekiel 28, 1 through 16. I'm not going to read all of that, but at one point it does mention, Thou art the anointed cherub that covereth, and I have set thee so. Thou wast upon the holy mountain of God. Thou hast walked up and down in the midst of the stones of fire. Thou wast perfect in thy ways from the day thou wast created till iniquity was found in thee. So that seems to show that he did live in heaven and he had some flaw that uh, caused him to be cast out. He was clearly an angel
0: and then wasn't. The book of Enoch, which is included in the Bible by the Ethiopian Orthodox Tewahedo Church, but excluded from the Bible by other Christian faiths, describes a group of 200 angels known as the watchers who are assigned to supervise the earth, but instead abandon their duties and, uh, well, they have sexual intercourse with women. This is also mentioned in Genesis chapter six, verse two, but instead of being angels, they're called sons of God, like we saw earlier in some biblical references, right? The offspring of these angels and these women were the Nephilim,
1: Yeah. Evidently, these watchers offered arcane knowledge to women that they found attractive in exchange for sex. And the products of those unions were the Nephilim. But it sounds to me like they should have been called participators rather than watchers. Yeah, no kidding. You know, interestingly enough, John Steinbeck has the watchers in one of his short stories and the name of it eludes me right now. They they they're they're really uh popular in um southwestern America uh sightings of them. They're they're encrypted in themselves out there. Back to these demigods, the nephilim, they then become the mighty men of renown, which is a possible explanation for the likes of Hercules and Perseus and all that, you know. mm mm-hmm. Mhm. Perhaps the most famous of the Nephilim was Goliath, whom David slew with his sling. In addition to the mention in Genesis, angels are also called sons of God in the book of Job. While we're on the topic of these giants, did you
0: know that all over North America, people have dug up graves of what can only be called giant people? Uh, Do you think these giants are related to the Nephilim?
1: A lot of people do, based on podcasts I've listened to. Some even believe that these giants still dwell in the Middle East and throughout Asia. I'm sure a lot of our listeners have probably heard the story of the giant of Kandahar, in which a squad of US soldiers meet and defeat uh, Nephil. I wonder if that's the singulars.
0: It would be because the I am the plural. Yeah. I have not heard this story. I got to look this one up.
1: Yeah. Uh, just a quick rundown. This squad is out on patrol. They find a cave with bones scattered around the front of it. A guy goes to investigate, and this giant humanoid with a lance skewers the guy. So his uh, squad members let loose with their weapons and basically cut it up with uh, their weapons fire. But uh, yeah, yeah, you can find, uh, you, you'll you find the story out there. Just Kandahars, K-A-N-D-A-H-A-R, I believe. Yeah, I'll check it out. Personally, I don't think giants exist. Not the supernatural variety, at least. I just think people are gullible. I mean, reference the Cardiff Giant and P.T. Barnum's copy of the same that he made when he couldn't buy the original. Uh, you know, people just fell for it and were glad to pay their their nickel even after they found out it was a hoax. Yeah,
0: well, you can still look at stuff. I mean, it's still fun to go out and look at things that are weird, right? Yeah, I mean, gullible implies that they believe it. I, I'm not sure they're gullible. They're just looking for something to do, right? Uh, before we leave the topic of fallen angels, though, I think it's important to point out that the Islamic view is that there are no fallen angels. Satan is a jinn, which is another of God's creations like man or angels. This also means that jinn, which we generally call genies, are real. And I think that's pretty cool. And that might be a topic
1: for another day. Yeah, there's a lot of lore on the djinn.
0: Yeah. What about guardian angels? Uh, What do you think of that?
1: I had always thought of guardian angels just as a story for children with uh, the idea originating in uh, Psalms 91, where it says, For he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all thy ways. They shall bear thee up in their hands lest thou dash thy foot against a stone. And those same lines are repeated again in Luke 4.
0: Well, you know, the best part of that verse from Luke, Satan is the one saying it. He's quoting Psalm 91 verses 11 through 12 and throwing it in Jesus's
1: face. Ah, during the temptation.
0: Yeah. You also missed a quote from Jesus though. In Matthew eighteen ten, Jesus says, quote, take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones. For I say to you that in heaven, their angels always see the face of my father who is in heaven. He says, in heaven, their angels. So it implies that each child has one. it yeah, sounds like. Yeah, and I think those verses are clear. We evidently have a guardian angel. Islam also has the concept of guardian angels. Each person is assigned one in front of him, and one behind and there's a couple on either side too that record all your misdeeds
1: mine must be way 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 ahead of me and way 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 far behind me
0: oh you don't know that i mean who knows just consider this anecdotal story i found this one on the web where people claim guardian angels took an active role in protecting them listen to this story from a girl named joan when i was 21 i was heading to a club with two friends As I got ready, I started feeling really odd. Then it became clear to me that my friend and I were going to get into an accident and I would not walk away from it. This was before cell phones. I had to wait for my friend to tell her that I could not go with her since she had already left her house when I had this revelation. When I opened my door to tell her I would not be going, I felt a strong hand on each shoulder holding me back, and I was alone in the room. Once I told my friend I couldn't go with her, I also told her I had a bad feeling she was going to get into an accident. The hands and the odd feeling went away. On her way home from the club, my friend got into an accident and totaled the passenger side of her car where I would have been sitting. She was fine, but the passenger side of the car was empty and destroyed. So who can't say that all these weird premonitions and feelings we get aren't the interactions of your guardian angel? So what do you think? Are you prepared to have a guardian angel watching every single
1: thing you do? Oh, really? I mean, I'm sure they have some discretion. They don't want to see me on the shitter and hopefully they can't see through the uh, sheets of the bed. So ugh, that's weird. I don't want someone, especially a uh, heavenly being watching me and judging me all day long.
0: Yeah. I'm not sure that what they, what the role would be. Right. I mean, I, I get the idea of wanting to be safe, but that's kind of creepy when you think about it. Right. Yeah. Uh, so, and there you have it, our admittedly incomplete episode about angels. Why do you say incomplete? Um, well, angels are a huge topic, Jim. There's all kinds of things. There's a They become a pop culture phenomenon. Angels are referenced in movies and TV shows and popular music. You can buy T-shirts with angels on them. And there are tons and tons of stories about people interacting with angels on the Internet. And we could never hope to cover everything in a single episode. That's why
1: I say it's incomplete. You know, John, maybe angels are harbingers of miracles. I mean, take this episode, for example. I think it's the first one in which I haven't said fuck or fucking. Well, except for just then when I said both fuck and fucking. And then again, that instance just there. So fuck, man, this episode was a fucking miracle.
0: What Do You Think About? is co-written by John Gordos and Jim Doomermuth. Our theme music, In Suspense, is provided by PodSummit.com. Thanks to Hunter Doomermuth for production assistance. And as always, thanks to our audience. Please take the time to rate our podcast on your favorite listening platform. Drop us a line at WDOUTA at gmail.com or visit our Facebook page, anchor.fm slash WDOUTA for updates on releases. Copyright 2021 by John Gordos and Jim Dumermuth.